J-Lo for Real presents the X's and Oh No's NFL podcast featuring your host, your co-host, J-Mill and the one, the only, the man, the myth, the legend, Joshua Rarick. How are you doing on this lovely day? Oh, actually, you're going by just Josh now. I'm fine with whatever you call me. You don't have to pick anything for me. Just whatever. Okay. So yeah, how's I'm it going today, that. Josh? It's going well. I'm having a good day, uh, having some fun, and, uh, you know, really, really excited to get some real football back. Uh, that Thursday night game actually wasn't bad. Yeah, no. Sure. I mean, I didn't watch a ton of it, but I watched enough to know that uh, that Jaguars, like, I, I don't know. I, I, I like what I saw from Trayvon Walker. I, I like what, uh, I mean, obviously the Raiders dominated as a whole, but, uh, you know, to be completely honest, these games mean nothing other than your first impression of top rookies. And, uh, you know, honestly, when in the Hall of Fame game last year, when I watched Micah Parsons for the first time, I could I was like, man, yeah, that guy's going to be special. I kind of felt similar to that when I watched Trayvon Walker in this game. What about you? Yeah, I don't really have any like, profound takeaways. Just it was, uh, I liked the booth. Um, I thought the announcement was good. <clears throat> and I, I was a little concerned for that, you know new team and all that stuff. So I was just, I was a little nervous because we already have, you know, Monday night's not going to be great when there's no Manning cast and I get Joe Buck. I'm like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, uh, oh, by the way, you saw Matthew Berry join at, uh, at the beginning of that show too, right? I did not, no. It, it is worth noting that Matthew <laughs> Berry's part of the NBC team and uh, at the beginning, uh, down on the sideline, it was him and Chris Sims, uh, talking back and forth, giving their, uh, you know, like, like some sort of pregame or whatnot. I don't know if he's going to be part of their halftime shows. Well, uh, you know, the, um, the, you know, the, the halftime back in the city or whatnot, but, uh, uh, I think there's a chance that we actually get to see Matthew Berry during, uh, pr- uh, during some, uh, NBC games this year, which I think is kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking he'd probably, uh, if anything, he'll probably be like a, uh, football night in America guy. Yeah that pregame slot so definitely looking forward to that and uh you know it's just good to be back um you know obviously it's uh this was for some this uh this hall of fame class um it it didn't necessarily have anyone who was the greatest of all time at their position like you could you could argue when uh you, you could argue guys like uh uh, you know, last year's class that had Peyton Manning and Troy Polamalu. You, you get what I'm saying. Some people didn't think it stacked up as much, but I actually really appreciate this year's class as a whole. Um, mm-hmm. In particular, uh, I, I grew up in Long Branch, and that's where Sam Mills is from. And, you know, as a kid growing up you, uh, in the era I grew up in, everyone knew who Sam Mills was. He was uh, the local boy who made it. And, uh, you know, one of the one of the greatest tacklers of all time in the league. So, you know, I just want to give a little shout out to the late Sam Mills um, and, uh, and the, the family that he left, uh, that he left on. And, you know, also there's plenty to give shout outs to, uh, you know, um, going to go one more with uh, Dick Vermeil and uh, what he did with the greatest show on turf, but anything you want to say uh, about the hall of fame be, uh, before we dive in? I don't think I've got anything to say that we haven't talked about before at the Hall of Fame class. Um, nothing blows me away, but it's it's just cool. I mean, who I you know I'd, I'd like to make a Hall of Fame one day. Yeah. 
So, all right. But uh, today we're not talking about that. We're not talking about football getting restarted. We're not talking about, uh, you know, uh, all the different things of the whole thing. We can just a little bit of recap. Uh, today we are starting to do our divisional breakdowns. Uh, this show is being recorded on the, uh, on the Saturday before the Tuesday that it is airing. So this will be airing. Uh, obviously, you're watching it today, so uh, you know you know that it aired today on Tuesday. But uh, we're recording on Saturday right now. So if something are, is to happen with uh, uh, a Bill, Dolphin, Patriot, or Jet before t- Tuesday, like somebody gets lost for the season on Monday, uh, well, you know, heaven forbid. I'm not trying to say anything. Knock on wood, whatnot. But uh, you, you know, we are we are recording with the knowledge of the previous Saturday. So I figure. That is worth noting right now, and uh, we're gonna dive into the uh into the AFC East right now. We're gonna give you some of the players that we think are going to be the team MVPs, both offensively and defensively. Players that we think could break out, sleepers that we like at the end. Uh, we're gonna throw some props, uh, some win totals, and uh, yeah, uh, t- take take a look at uh, quick looks at all of these teams. So this new show format, we're gonna try to spend ten, no more than twelve minutes per team. Uh, during this and uh, get through and, you know, tr- try to keep these shows closer to an hour um, at, at this point in time. Uh, Football Friday shows during the season might go closer to an hour and a half. But uh, besides that, these shows, uh, we're just going to be blasting through divisions really quick. Got anything to say to that before we get started, Josh? I call the over on an hour. Um, <laughs> you've, got, you've got a lot in there to try to fit into in an hour. So I, I call the over. Okay, you're calling the over on an hour. I mean, oh, yep. let, let, let's give it a shot. So, honestly, I don't even know yeah. how many minutes we're in right now. May, we might be seven minutes in right now, right? Maybe. Yeah. Who knows? I'll, I'll spot you to five. I'll say I'll, I'll spot you the, the seven minutes, and we'll just start the timer now. Okay. Excellent. All right. Let's lead off with the Buffalo Bills. Um, You know what? I think that your takes are going to be a little hotter than mine. So, why don't you dive into the Buffalo Bills first? Yeah, which ones do you want first? Uh, is there any well, format let's here? talk about the Bills in general first. Uh, it, you know, Bills I, I, in general I'm thinking first, Super Bowl yeah. champions this year, but what are you thinking? Uh, I have, I do not have them winning the division. Oh, okay. So there you go. We're starting with a pretty, pretty hot one, I think, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you yeah, know, I don't have the Bills winning the division. I think they're very good. I think they're they're talented. I just uh, they're they're exploitable. And I think this offense. year when you have on offense, not so much on defense are very, I think they're exploitable and you can't win a division without both sides of the football being okay. Um, so there's going to be days that offense just doesn't click, you know? You are aware Buffalo had the number one defense in the league last year, right? Yeah. And I mean, if we're being honest, part of that is a Patriots game where they didn't punt <laughs> and, a Patriot, and a Patriots game where there were three passes thrown. Oh, okay. Fair enough. So statistical statistics don't matter that much there because, I mean, legitimately, it looks like they played two less games than everybody else, right? I mean, you're right. That is very fair. Uh, and you could argue that when you have the Dolphins and the Jets twice, Dolphins, Jets, and Patriots twice on the schedule, the, these teams don't score, don't gain a lot of yards. They don't score a ton of points. Right. Uh, so that's so, uh, all six gimme games at any given point in time, it feels like. So, yeah, I, I think they're going to come in second in the division. I think they're going to make the playoffs as a wild card team. 
I, I do think that they're the only safe bet every week for a Bills game is just go ahead and give me the over. Uh, their, their, week, their week one game, the over is set at 52, and they're playing the Rams. And uh, I think that's a very, very low over. <laughs> no, I, I definitely get that. So, uh, I mean. But as far as that, yeah, MVPs, I'm looking at um, I'm going to go ahead and say Stephon Diggs is going to be the, their offensive guy. Okay. So and he's just, he's fun to watch. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you could very much argue like uh, that, that Stefan Diggs could be the MVP of that offense, because even if Alan, it wouldn't surprise you to hear that, uh, that, that he could, um, I don't know. I guess it would surprise you to hear, but uh, it, it, that, that he outdoes cup from a year ago. But uh, the truth is those targets that were vacated by uh Cole Beasley and uh, Emmanuel Sanders are going to be going somewhere. And a lot of us are, are trying to uh, figure out, you know, a lot of people are on the Gabe Davis bandwagon and uh, some people are saying, Oh, don't sleep on Jameson Crowder. And there's a lot of hype about James Cook and, you know, upticks for Dawson Knox and whatnot. But at the end of the day, it's kind of like, well, why can't Diggs just do what cup did last year? Yeah. And it's not that far to say that he's going to have to cup either because, uh, this season, because Stafford Stafford apparently has a weird elbow injury that's going to hurt. That's going to plague him all year. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's definitely that's definitely something that uh, I had to reevaluate. Uh, you know, as far as that concerned, we're not diving into that today. But that that's yeah. something that in a division in a division where the 49ers are also that could be the difference between being the uh, one seed and the five seed. Yeah, but uh, I really um. Not that it matters if they're the five seed because they played all uh, four rounds of the playoffs last year. So it's kind of like. <laughs> so uh, who do you, who do you, who you like into the offensive game? Uh, you, you know, honestly, really when it comes down to it, uh, it's uh, if you asked me a month ago, I, I would have been talking Josh Allen for MVP. But I, I honestly, I believe there's someone who has snuck up my rankings a little bit more. But that doesn't mean that I, I'm fading Josh Allen at all. Uh, when when it really comes down to it, it's uh it, the the offense are made is made or uh or broken with him. Like as much success as Diggs has, I I don't believe that D- if if Josh Allen were to throw for uh forty eight hundred yards or, or or something like that, I don't anticipate Diggs going over two thousand. So that so that still means uh, you know I, I don't anticipate it being anything more than like a, a Cooper Cup season at max. That still means that there's 3,000 yards worth of passes that are going to other players. So really when it comes down to it, uh, I, I, I am going with the very boring vanilla pick of offensive MVP, Josh Allen. Uh, you know, flip side of the coin on, on the defensive side, um, I'm going to go with a, a guy who some people are talking up a little, but others, like really, it just kind of seems to get overlooked a bit. Um, I think Greg Rousseau is breaking out year too. Like, I, I really think that this guy is not just – it's going to – so I guess I'm jumping on breakout, but I'm also calling him defensive MVP. With a guy like Von Miller on the other side, a fresh rotation that is still pretty deep on that line as a whole, I, uh, and and talent that we all feel was – you know, that we, that we felt was undeniable going into last season, that we saw a little more as the season went on. I really think that he can take the next step as, a, as an elite pass rusher and be amongst and be amongst the most disruptive in the league. Do I think? Do I know if that's going to translate to quarterback stats? No, but pressures, hits. I definitely think he's going to make a huge difference 
for that defense. How about you, defensive MVP? Uh, so my defensive MVP is also my breakout. And uh, I, I wasn't sure, so I didn't ask permission. I figured I can ask forgiveness later. Yeah. Uh, I, I went with Jordan Player. Okay. I just I think Player started the second half of that last last year, really turning it around a little bit. So I just uh, I gave it to Jordan Player, and I, I I'm happy with that. You know, I I'm good with it. So I think he's going to start to really kind of be a ball hawk. And if he gets the ball hawk status, it's going to be pretty crazy. Oh, there you go. Uh, do you have a sleeper off of the Buffalo Bills roster? I don't. I think and, already. I'm sorry, what? Because we both gave breakouts already. Do you have a sleeper off the Buffalo Bills roster? I, I, I don't. And the reason I don't have a sleeper off the Bills roster is I don't think there's any real um, – there's anybody we don't know about. And I don't, I don't want to just go sleeper for the sake of picking a sleeper. I think, you know, the hype is real for everybody. And if anything, you're going to – it'd be easier to pick letdowns than, uh, than breakouts, you know? Uh, I, I, I am going to tackle the sleeper part because I don't think there is enough hype for Kyrie Elam. And he has very mm-hmm. quietly already slated himself uh, as the starter opposite Tredavious White, or so it looks like at this point in time. I actually think that that cornerback duo can end up being one of the more lethal cornerback duos in the league. And unless you're telling me White's going to fall off enough to where he's getting targeted regularly, that means a guy like Elam could could put a five-interception rookie season on the board. So that's why I'm going to go with Kyrie Elam as my sleeper. Um, Let's just dive over to the offense real quick with, with, with with one very pressing question. If you had to pick the guy who is definitely going to have more targets than the rest of them, are you going with Gabe Davis, Isaiah McKenzie, Jamison Crowder, or James Cook? Who is definitely going to live up to their hype out of out of the four of them? So I really think Gabe Davis. Uh, he had that one stellar week last year where he showed everything at, at the same time, and uh, I think he do that a couple times. He just didn't have enough playing time, you know. He he didn't get he didn't get the looks that he needed to have to have a great year. But I, I, yeah, I'd say Gabe Davis. All right, personally, I'm probably going to go with Dawson Knox. I think that the uh, I think we're going to see some extra targets from last year. Yes, he was mm-hmm. he was a top five fantasy tight end last year. Um, but it, it, you know his his it was inconsistent as far as there were games that he had big games and then there uh. There was a lot of touchdown dependency. I think that he carves out a greater role in that offense and is more important to that team as a whole during the course of the season. And I know that A.J. Howard joined the team and that he's uh, he's going to be playing a role too. But at, at the same time, I, I, I felt like there was a little bit more of a connection with uh, Josh Allen and Dawson Knox as the season went on. So I, I, I could see an extra 20, 20 to 30 targets going his way. Okay. Um, so quick offensive, I, I took the time to actually rank out the offensive and the defensive rankings for all these teams. So I'm going to give them okay. really quick and you tell, uh, I'm not expecting you to give, uh, your, your rankings <laughs> really, but, uh, you know, tell you me could, about because I won't be, uh, I, I have this Buffalo Bills offense as a top three offense. I don't even think it's that big of a question this year. I know they were just like borderline top five last year, but I think this year they, they can take the step forward because, Oddly enough, I know they lost Beasley and Sanders, but I actually like the core of weapons, you know, like whether they're aging into the role or whether they just joined the team. I like this core of weapons better than last year's, which is cr- which is kind of crazy to say. 
Uh, so, am I crazy? Top three uh, Buffalo Bills offense. Uh, looking through my head real quick, uh, yes. Okay. Um, but just where I'm at right now, um, I'd say seven. Seven? Okay. I, have, I, have six teams, I have six teams I thought of that I would say could possibly be better. Also okay. because of strength of schedule and the, you know, the Jets got much better. Buffalo actually has a uh, Buffalo actually has an easier schedule than most people would think they'd do. Yeah, no, but uh, you look at so the Jets are still going to be rough to get through. The Patriots got a lot better on defense, and some teams I think some you know will get there later. But I think there's three teams in the AFC that are uh, all top tier elite defense uh, offenses that may end up being one, two, three in the NFL at the end of the year. All right, so you're calling oh, – and by the way, we're not giving specific numbers. We're, we're just going top three, top five, top top ten, top half, bo- uh, bottom five, or worst. So it's not – we're uh, you know, we're not going overly specific at this current point in time. So you have them as a top ten. I have them as a top three. Uh, Defensive-wise, I definitely have some regression off of the previous year. But really, when it comes down to it, the additions of Von Miller, uh, potential breakout from Greg Rousseau and uh, Kyrie Elam, and you also think Jordan Poirier is taking the next step. I lowered them from the best defense last year to the sixth defense this year. They do get to avoid a lot of, um, you know, the AFC. And, and part of the factor into this equation is the AFC East is playing the AFC North as their, as their um, you know, it, as they're in conference division and if i'm correct what was it uh we're playing the nfc north too so the so as far as it goes there's not a lot of teams on the buffalo Bills schedule that score a ton of points mm-hmm. thoughts on that uh i have them as a top 10 defense borderline five yeah i put them at 10 or 15 rounds put them basically average Okay, uh, any reason for that? Um, I just – I really think the other teams in the East made enough strides forward that they're going to – you know, it's not going to be the same it was last year. Okay. You're, you're looking at Miami with Jalen Waddle with, a, you know, another – a more mature Jalen Waddle. Mike Gusecki that really came on the second half. Then you're going to throw Tyree Kill in there. I, I think that Miami's okay. I think, you know, New England's better uh, than they were just because the, the system is different. And I think it's going to be more Mac Jones-focused, and you know. And then uh, the Jets obviously got a lot better. So that's, that, that would be why for that. Okay. So uh, finally, the Vegas line for the Buffalo Bills is uh, 11 and a half wins this, uh, this season. This is uh, – this, this is coming off of DraftKings, so we, we are using DraftKings as our reference for the lines uh, as far as the show goes. So, no, they're not an official sponsor or anything yet, but uh, and no, and obviously they haven't even ta- remote. They don't even remotely know we exist, but uh, yet and uh, <laughs> <laughs> at the same time, we're, we're using their lines in, in hopes to catch some attention someday. So uh, uh, it's at 11 and a half uh, wins. What do you take? Over or under? I'm taking the under. And I'm taking the over. So there you All go. All right. It's probably pretty safe that if we're disagreeing that uh, you, you, you might not want to uh, you might not necessarily want to look at it. Uh, I'm sure that you're not taking drastically under and I'm not taking drastically over. Um, but at the right. same time, it's uh, this isn't one of the ones that, uh, you know, first thing. Yeah, it's uh, it's not a weapon. So. 
So uh, moving right along to the, oh, uh, you know, and uh, as far as it goes, if if I was playing some player, player props for the season, I love Josh Allen on his overs this year. What do you like? So I have uh, Josh Allen over six and a half rushing touchdowns. Okay. And I have Tremaine Edmonds over 116 and a half tackles. That's very fair. Tremaine Edmonds. Uh, decent against the run and he's also bad against the pass that's a good uh that's a good way to get a lot of tackles <laughs> yeah and uh 116 and a half is, is just really well yeah I've, he got 137 last year so they're looking for a 20 tackle digression that's like almost two games and so, so just... the over that i'm taking for josh allen is the is the 40 uh is the over 4400 passing yards okay so but um, yeah, moving right along, we are to the Miami Dolphins. Uh, yeah, so um, yeah, let's just dive right into the Dolphins. Um, we this is the team we're going to disagree on the most. So uh, pro- probably, yeah, I have them winning the division. I think we would both agree that the the range of outcomes for this Dolphins team is an incredibly wide range of outcomes, right? Yeah, because I think it I think it shows you probably have them third or fourth in the division. I have them winning this division. Yeah, and um, like I know that there's a lot of hype, but there's also a lot of Tua hate also when really when it comes down to it. And um like I, if you told me this Dolphins team was gonna go thirteen and four, I would say I could see it. If you were to tell me this Dolphins team is gonna go four and thirteen, I would say I could see it. Um yeah, I, I I'm just higher on it. Um, it it also helps. I think that it's gonna be fun. You know, regardless of if they suck or if they're great, it's gonna be fun. Okay. All right. So, so, so for uh, me, that, so for me, that's where it came from. It's just so I'm guessing you have to be like if if you're picking the Dolphins to win this division, you have to be high on Tua, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Um. It's not just being high on Tua though. It's I think Tua is smart enough. Excuse me. I think they're you know they can really utilize Tyreek Hill, but I think Mike Gesicki, um, massive year for him coming up. Excuse me, and that's uh that's really where a lot of it comes from for me is I think he's got one of the best tight ends and basically he he's got this Patrick Mahomes situation right now. I'm not saying he's as good as Pat Mahomes, but he's got a great top tier. Uh, tight end with two very good offensive uh, weapons on as wide receiver. You just compared Mike Gusecki to Travis Kelsey? I did. That's the hottest take you'll get from me this offseason. Yeah, podcast over. We're canceled. Like, <laughs> like I, I, I'm not I'm not sure. Like, I, uh, yeah, I'll give you a chance to uh, put him in a high tier without putting him in the Kelsey tier. Like, will you take that chance? Like, <laughs> And I will put it, it depends on what do you consider high tier because I'm calling him a top five tight end. I think it's very fair to call him a top five tight end. I just don't think it's fair to think that he, um, uh, that he could be top four. No, actually, he he could be top four because Kittle could get injured and Darren Waller could continue to struggle. So I would think that if you say uh, you think Mike Gusecki is a top four tight end, that I will still listen. And I will still believe if you're telling me he's going to be tight end number one. Um, well, I guess I, I think we both probably think that's Mark Andrews at this point, right? Yeah, Mark Andrews is tight end number one, and 
I think that's by a lot, mainly because his quarterback only knows how to throw to tight ends. So if you were telling me Gusecki tight end number two, I think I'm going to shudder a little. But if you're telling me, you know, top four, uh, top four tied, five tight end, I, I, I definitely agree with that as far as Mike Gusecki goes. Well, no, I don't know if I okay. agree with it. I, I definitely can see that in the range of outcomes. You'll, you'll let me have it without yelling at me too much? Oh, no. I mean, obviously, you could hold to your guns and say, no, Mike Gusecki, tight end one. And I'll be like, ooh. But, you know, at the same time, it's like. No, uh, I, I have him in two. I actually have him in that two, three range. Okay. Um, and to a point where I'm willing to go out and say, give me a full season of Mike Gusecki. You have a full season of Travis Kelsey. And we'll we'll run the gauntlet and see what happens. Well, I don't think that uh, if if you're talking to, I'm not going to take Travis Kelsey. I'm going to take Kyle Pitts. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's a good call there. Because I actually think Pitts is going to do better than Kelsey this week. So, okay, but you know, at the same time, it's uh, I I, I guess as long as we're saying Mark Andrews is kind of untouchable. <laughs> yeah, Mark Andrews is absolutely untouchable. Um. He's yeah, like well, the only, but we're not talking about that show right now. So, uh, yeah, no. So, uh, there's my offensive MVP and my breakout player, though, for the the, uh, the Dolphins offense. Well, honestly, really, when it comes down to it, uh, it my, I, I think that uh, as far as breakout goes, it's very tough to choose anyone on this team unless you are going to choose Tua. Uh, okay. because, uh, or, uh, to, to, uh, or Gesicki. So, um, you know, really, and I, I clearly pick Big Mike. Yeah, because it's not, no one's gonna like, if you say that you think that Tyree Kill or Jalen Waddle are gonna break out, it's kind of like, what, they're gonna do better than they did, then Waddle's gonna do better than he did last year. What, Tyreek is going to do better than he's done through his career? Like, you're, you're kind of, yeah. you're kind of crazy if you're talking either one of them as the breakout, in, in my opinion, at least. So really when it comes down to it, if I had to pick my breakout, I I am just going to marry you as far as this goes. Cause I the reason why I have the Dolphins lower than you is because I'm not sure Tua stays healthy the full season. And I really don't love what's going on. Uh, it, uh I really don't love what's going on in behind. Don't get me wrong. Uh, like at any given point in time, a Jalen Waddle or a Tyreek Hill catch, uh, you know, uh three yard route can turn into a touchdown. With, with that explosiveness mm-hmm. there. Um, and I, I I think it's almost criminal to uh to call a co uh to, to call a co MVP for the team, but I'm gonna call it that either way because I think that we have something very special. I think we could see two players that have no, over a no, hundred well I'm not allowing it. I'm not allowing it. That's a cop out. One. Okay, Take so fine. So I think that uh, Tyreek Hill is going to get double covered more often than Jalen Waddle. So I'm going to call Jalen Waddle offensive MVP. Be maybe because I think, or, or am I calling it Tyreek? Okay, from a fantasy perspective, I could see Waddle having more points as a result of Tyreek Hill being there. But that mm-hmm. means Tyreek Hill is the MVP because he's stealing the double coverages. So I'm going to call Tyreek Hill offense offensive MVP. Not necessarily, uh, well, pro- still probably the best stats on the offense, but not necessarily mm-hmm. the best stats on the offense. But the value of having him there, I think, makes it that much easier for Waddle and Gesicki to get open. Uh, as far as sleepers going, I'm I'm just jumping right down. I'm like, uh, don't sleep on Cedric Wilson. Like he looked great with the Dallas Cowboys last year, and you know, honestly, it 
uh, I, I, I'm, you know what? No, screw it. I'm just going to say it. Tyreek Hill is better than Amari Cooper or CD Lamb, whoever the top is. And Jalen Waddle is better, whoever, uh, whoever you have at second. Right. And Gasecki and Schultz are fairly comparable. I would give the edge to Gasecki. So why wouldn't we think Cedric Wilson could do better with the Dolphins than he did with the Cowboys? Yeah, I'm fine with that. Um, you know, I, I have to be honest. I, I do think that this team is just top like, loaded with this, really with Gasecki, Hill, and Waddle. You don't even have to have that good of a quarterback. Um, Tua can be average, and with that in front of him, he's well above average by statistics. You know, he's he's gonna have a great fantasy year, even though you watch the film and you're kind of you're gonna be like, I don't understand how. Well, it's because he has he has weapons that can turn three yard passes into twenty yard gains. Mm. Yeah, I mean, give it. Give me any other quarterback with this team, and I'm saying, or with those guys, and I'm like, potentially to be the best offense in football. But uh, it's Tua, so I, I'm not going to go that deep. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I believe in Tua's talent. I just don't know if we're at. I don't. No, I, I'm not going to say I don't know. I don't believe that we're going to get 17 games from Tua. So uh, over under, we get 13 and a half games from Tua. Over. Okay. Then I think that the division winner. Yeah, I could see uh oh wait. I could see a four to six week injury. So the question is, does it happen during the bye week? Because hmm. if it happens oh. bye week, he, he you take the over. If it doesn't happen during the bye week, you take the under. So what do you got? Uh what other what other picks you got here for the Okay, so, so going to the defensive side really quick. Um, am I the only one that's not thrilled that the Dolphins didn't do anything to address the linebacker core or the edge rushing on this defense? Like, like do do you believe Jalen Phillips year two breaking out? Do do you believe that that secondary that's been as good as it's been for the better portion of four years? is going to not start regressing? Like, can you find someone that's on this defense that you are excited about? Are you are you just as excited about the Dolphins' defense as you were about their defense last year? It's a tough question because they really didn't do much, and I am currently flying solo. I don't know what just happened. So, um... Yeah, and that was right after I asked the questions. So, all right, so Josh is back. There we go. Uh, yeah. Good way to dodge the Dolphins' defensive questions. So, <laughs> no, um, Emmanuel Alba. I, I, I like the, um, did you read Kevin? I was looking up the guy and then I couldn't find it for a second. Did you read uh, Kevin Fre- pa- uh, Patra? I think that's how I say it. His article from NFL about the Dolphins' defense. Um, what is it? Uh, Dolphins defense. So we're, we're looking up really quick. But okay, do you have Dolphins sleepers or anything for the defense or whatnot? 
Emmanuel Agba, I mean, there's a reason they paid him $65 million, right? And uh, then they... the one, who was the one who uh, who wrote the article again? I, I pulled it up right here. It's uh, Kevin Patra. Uh, I can text it. I can send it to you. Okay. He highlights how the in this article he highlights how the Dolphins had the one of the best defenses in football for weeks one through nine before their injuries all like kind of crapped crapped out on them at the same time. Okay. They were averaging only fifteen points per game given up for the first nine weeks of the season, and then all of a sudden they they lost the corners and a safety, and and that hurt. But for I mean nine weeks that's a long chunk of the season to be the number one defense in football. Okay, so um, I hear what you're saying, but you said just the opposite when I brought up that the Buffalo Bills defense was number one last year. <laughs> yes, I did. And then here, so here's the is difference. This you it's... having Dolphins bias? No, the difference here is that the Dolphins had the injuries that, that clearly shot them back down. And the Bills had two games that don't exist. Those two Patriot games didn't happen. But the Dolphins yeah. also played the Patriots and did not okay, but have similar the Dolphins, results. The Dolphins did not play the Patriots in a game where the wind was blowing forty miles an hour. Okay, so that but you're you're discounting both games, so maybe discount one game. Uh, okay, I'll discount one game, and I'm going to say the set, or game and a half because the time of possession in game two was ridiculously lopsided. But isn't that, that part of uh, isn't that part of the overall team defense? What, how often okay, I'll give that to I'll happen? give that to you, and I'll say just throw out one game. Okay. So my question is: If Buffalo in had the best defense last year, and they uh-huh. improved their defense in the off season, and the Dolphins had uh, where are we last year? The Dolphins had the fifteenth best defense, and. They did not improve in the offseason. Do you believe they the got Dolphins have a better defense than Buffalo? I'm I don't I'm not gonna say no. I'll say no. But it's gonna be close enough. Okay, so it's um and I one hundred percent get that I'm probably low as yeah. far as the Dolphins' defense goes, because I actually don't have them in the top half of the league anymore. I don't have them low or anything like that, but I, I don't have them in the top half of the league anymore. So okay. so when I was looking over this Dolphins roster, I'm kind of like, uh, maybe, I, maybe I got Jalen Phillips as a sleeper, but I just, at, at the end of the day, I could see Javon Holland as a safety for the Dolphins, stepping up his game, but I think we're getting to the part in their careers where there's going to be a little regression from uh, from Xavier Howard and uh, Byron Jones. So unless you're telling me that Brandon Jones and Javon Holland are going to drastically step up, step up this year, I'm just not seeing where the chance to get better is for the Dolphins defense. Mm-hmm. But uh, you said Emmanuel Agba, do you have another player off the defense that you like? Is he your defensive MVP? Uh, my defensive MVP oh, yeah. is going uh, is probably going to be Javon Holland. Yeah, I, I'm going to give it to uh, yeah, probably Agba because I like the Agba. I do. 
But his name is also fun to say. Oh, it, it definitely is. So, uh, as far as Dolphins defense, where do you have it? Do you have it upper half, top 10? What you got? Same place is pretty much the Bills at 10 to 15 range. Okay. And in this division, that 10 to 15 range, it's going to be just fine. Oh, yeah. This, no. division, this, this division is, I don't think, going to be about how many how many points your defense gives up. It's going to be, can your offense keep up? Yeah. Because the other guys have a good enough defense, to, so can you keep up? And for the record, we're actually not that far apart on the Dolphins. We're pr- we like I, I said that I'm in the I'm I'm in the lower half. You said ten to fifteen. I, I'm guessing we're probably only about three places apart. Okay, so we pretty much agree. Um, excuse um, me. I, I do like offense goes. We probably feel differently on the offense. Uh, we I would one hundred percent say that this is a a top three offense if. Half of the quarterbacks in the league were 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 piloting it. Uh, I'm not sure that I believe in Tua anymore. Um, more more because of the injuries. And now, when I go back to the 13 and a half, I I will definitely take the under on the 13 and a half. Okay. So, what are your prop bets that you're taking for the Dolphins? Oh, with that said, I still have the Dolphins as a uh, as a borderline as a borderline top ten offense. What about you? I, I definitely have them in the top ten. You definitely have them in the top ten. Is it? Yeah, is it potentially is it borderline top five or is it just definitely top ten? I mean, here's the thing: I Stefan uh, Stefan Diggs or Tyreek Hill. Would would if I told you you got to pick one, which one you taking? I'm taking Stefan Diggs this year because I I don't there is no Jalen Waddle on the Buffalo Bills. Right, so then you go to Jalen Waddle, hands down beats whoever the Bills throw out there. Yeah, hands down beats whoever. And, and I think Gasecki beats Knox. And I think Knox beats uh, Gasecki. But with that said, I, both- I think Cedric Wilson beats whoever's number three at the receiver for Buffalo. And I think both teams have enough of a struggle on running backs. That so it really comes down to how do you how do you build a tie, view Tyree Kill versus Stefan Diggs, and then Knox versus Kaseki, because you know Josh Allen's clearly better, clearly better than Tua. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you if you told me that. Man, if you told me that Waddle and Hill are absolutely going to run wild after the catch the whole time, and that because teams are trying to take out both of them, they're going to take out neither of them, then I'm I'm, your argument. (laughs) Here's why I'm thinking that I want to make this too for why the uh, Dolphins are going to finish better than the Bills. Okay. If you're the Bills and you start out. uh, if you start out four and three, what are, what is the general, you know, attitude in that locker room? Disappointed, right? You're four and three. You're disappointed. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. Weren't they four and three at a point last year, or was it like five and three? Didn't I don't remember. Okay. Bad losses back to back early on. So, if you're the Bills, like let's just do this. If you're the Bills and you're in November and you're one game above five hundred, how are you feeling? Oh, you're not feeling good at all. 
Now, if you're the Miami Dolphins and they won a game above 500 in November, how are you feeling? I would actually be feeling pretty good. Right. So my point is that the Dolphins have the Dolphins have a more they have a more fun situation where when they if they ever catch that momentum and they ever catch fire, the guys are going to have that swag about them. If Buffalo beats you by 40, it's pretty hard for them to have this swag that they just beat somebody by 40 because yeah, you're Buffalo. That's what you were just expected to do. You know, that's very fair. When weighing out the expectations, a lot of people are, and I get it, a lot of people, including myself, are high on the fact that Buffalo's postseason was what it was last year. After a season, mm-hmm. that was a pretty impressive season. Um, you know, it, it's just it's just so hard to picture. And, and honestly, if you had this conversation with me a month ago, I probably would be much more argumentative as a whole. But mm-hmm. when looking back and actually taking some time to look at other AFC teams, like don't don't get me wrong, I, I I could see Buffalo. I can't see Buffalo losing the division, but the way you feel about the Dolphins, there is probably another team or two in the AFC that I feel that way about. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So, um, what are your props for the Dolphins? Uh, props: Jalen Waddle over eighty-five and a half receptions. I don't believe that a guy who caught 100 pet. Well, I said it earlier to show. I believe that Tyreek Hill and uh, Jalen Waddle can do what that. Um, who was the last one to do it? Uh, it was Brandon Marshall and Ab- Allen Robinson with the Bears. They both had over 100 receptions. I- I'm looking for over 100 receptions from both Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Those are my prop bets. I'm going reception nice. overs for Waddle and Hill. Nice. Um. Here, here's my uh, prop bets. I'm going to give you the, the longer one first than the one that I think hits by the halfway point. So give me two over 20, uh, 23 and a half touchdowns. Yeah. I, I think that's I think that's a real low number. I'm not sure how they're getting there. I'm The only thing I'm thinking for that is Vegas is factoring in the injury, the injuries of Tua. Um, and they didn't want to get the under smashed because – I think if you go into that 29-30 range, like where you, he probably should be, the under is going to get hit hard because people are going to factor in the injuries. So Vegas had to do enough to keep it mid-ground. And I actually think they picked the 24-and-a-half range because it's just enough that it's probably going to scare off most people. You know, most- it's kind of crazy because that doesn't scare me off at all. Like Even if Tua, even if we think Tua only plays 10 games – he needs 2.3 mm-hmm. touchdowns per game. Do you really think that a, a core that has uh, the speed that this group has, and I know I keep on coming back to uh, Hill and Waddle, but do you, do you realize how fast Raheem Mostert is as a pass-catching running mm-hmm. back and how fast Cedric Wilson is? Like, the speed on this offense is unreal. Like, once again, mm-hmm. like, I, I go to the range of projections for this. If you took the, the 13 and 4 Colts, I'm going to think this is starting to look like similar to a at, at its peak at its peak upside for this offense. Like everything's working out as it should. This is an offense that could not be in the category with the greatest show on turf, but will be one of the most explosive offenses we have seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. So uh, my my second profit, uh, I'm thinking this hits by week nine, and uh, let's make the Sefi over five and a, over five touch uh, five and a half touchdowns. Uh, five and a half touchdowns from like a guy that who clearly loves is in the red zone. 
because at some point, right, you get down to the red zone, even if you want to go in his own, you've got Waddle on the one side and you got Hill on the other side. And, and then you got <clears throat> so they got and, and you don't they, have any big targets. Mike right. Gusecki is the only big target uh, with five yards out. <laughs> so I just love it. Um, I, I love that situation for him. I'm a Gusecki owner in almost every league I'm I'm in. And in the one league I don't own Gusecki, I, I really honestly will pull. I know for a fact I'll pull off a trade before the season starts. I'll probably end up overpaying. But uh, at the end of the season, I think it will be fair. Random story for you. I was in a league last year with a guy that I know listens some weeks. So if he's listening this week and he's at this point in the podcast, I want to point out to uh, this gentleman, not going to say his name, he knows who he is. You told me that I should not trade for Brandon Cooks and Justin Herbert in a package deal because neither of them were going to be keepers this year, and I'm keeping both of them. So, yeah, you lose. No, just random, Brandon Cooks are good keepers, in my opinion. Random flyer, in case anybody is drafting early like we did. Uh, Brandon Cooks has been a top 20 wide receiver five out of the last six years while playing for three different teams with four different quarterbacks. That yeah, is just and good. Brandon Cooks does not get the respect he deserves, but uh, that's that's for the a- that's for the AFC South podcast, though. So. Uh, oh, yeah. I just I wanted to throw it out there now. So... Dol- uh, Dolphins win total. Uh, Vegas has it at know. nine. What are you doing? Over. I'm going over. I'm avoiding. Okay. When I met, I, that- I had the Dolphins as a nine-win team. Well, you know what, Mr. Mayor? I'm not going to let you avoid it. Uh, no, no, no. Okay, uh, fine. Push. Okay, yeah, that's fine. When I say avoid, I mean push. Uh, that's fine, but I wasn't going to let you not make a call on it. You oh, no, but I, I'm telling if people are taking our advice, yeah. you can't win if, and if my, you know, if what I mapped out is correct, you can't win by playing either. So you avoid. So I am going to, just so you know, I'm going to have an Excel sheet, but Excel sheet's going to have all these divisions and all these prospects. By saying you, you're avoiding this, so you are conceding that you will not be able to get a point for the team wins. Wait, what was that? I'm putting the Chelsea together to see which one of us gets the most of these prospects right at the end of the season. By you avoiding taking the over-under on the nine wins, you're agreeing that you don't, uh, you're going to lose that point automatically. You're not going to get that point. No, I'm saying that I think it's going to be a push, so therefore I would get a tie if, if it does end up being a push, right? If it's, a, if it's a push, I'll give you. I'll give you bonus points. Okay, uh, I'm just saying that there is no such thing as getting like for what we're doing. Yeah, we we can. It would count as a tie, but if if they're actually playing it, and uh, yeah. then then there's no way for them to win. Right. Well, you can. Uh, you can, however, go on to some on to some of these apps. Not the one you're using for lines, but the other guy, <clears throat> and you can bet team total wins. And if you you can actually bet the number of wins for that team, and I think if you, if you bet nine, it's going to pay out pretty well. Okay, I mean, <clears throat> maybe that's worth doing. Like, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I as a general rule though, I, I'm personally I'm not going to play it if it's one or less. Okay, so uh, yeah, it's definitely. So I'm going to let's, let's uh, I'm going to take over the show for a second. Sounds good. We're going to leave. 
Let's leave the Jets for last and go to the Patriots. Well, the um, Jets are the Jets would be last because New England comes before New York. I never realized that we do this by alphabetical order. Yeah, we always do this by alphabetical order. All right, cool. I've been doing this for a year with you, and I didn't know it was alphabetical order. Yeah, I, I have always done it alphabetical order. <laughs> Respect that. So uh, I'm going to let you start with the Patriots here. All right, New England Patriots. Uh, yeah. Um, oh, did, let me see. We covered everything. Dolphins. Yes, cool. Okay, so, uh, yeah, New England Patriots. Uh, looking at this offense, uh the addition of the Devontae Parker to what Mac Jones already has. Uh, a lot of hype for uh, uh, Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, James White coming back might quietly be something that's of value. Uh, when, when I look at this offense and I realize Josh McDaniels is no longer the offensive coordinator, I immediately begin to question how much of the system was McDaniels, and how much of the system was Belichick when it comes to running backs. And then I remember Corey Dillon was once a bell cow running back for the New England Patriots. Give me breakout this year, Ramondre Stevenson, because I think that he he avoids the Belichick doghouse, and he might actually turn into uh, a, a guy who is... Uh, a guy who is at least a two-down back every single series. So we're not talking about – no, I'm not giving him the, the full three downs, but what I am saying is that it's not going to be him on the field for one series, then Harris, then him, then Harris. I'm saying that for the majority of the game, unless Stevenson needs to be spelled, that he is going to be the man and that he could very well be one of the more important running backs in the league especially when you consider the fact that it will open that it will give mac jones a little extra breathing room because you have to focus on the run game so breakout from andre stevenson and i'm just gonna say it right now i'm not 100 sold that mac jones is the guy but i still don't think he has enough weapons to throw to to prove it one way or another so if mm-hmm. this Patriots offense is going to be able to do anything, it's going to have to control the clock. So not only the breakout, but give me Stevenson for the offensive MVP of the New England Patriots. What about you? Yeah, so you, which part of this are you looking for me to answer first? Because you threw like five parts here at me at one time. Okay, let, let's start with the overall Stevenson thing. <laughs> uh, Stevenson, yeah, I mean, he was my breakout player too. I, I think that's clearly like, unless you're going to say Mac Jones, I, I think Stevenson's a clear Patriots pick here. Um, I actually don't like this Patriots offense at all. And um, it, maybe it's because of I live here and I'm tired of it. But yeah. uh, even a lot of, it, it's so funny because you see Patriots fans that either think that they're a wild card team and they've got a real shot at the wild card or that they're last place in the division. There's, that's it. And, um, I'm on the side of the Patriots are not going to be 500. They're going to be a sub-500 football team this year. So when you say sub-500, are you talking 8, 9, 7, 10, or are you talking much worse? I, I'm I'm talking much worse. I, I'm talking five, uh, top five draft pick status. Oh, wow. Something that Belichick has never known. 
Yeah, I, I'm talking that top five, that top five status. Because let me ask you this, Mr. Miller, and this is a very hot question I could ask almost every single day up here. Who's the Patriots' offensive coordinator? I do not know who the offensive coordinator is. They don't have one. They actually have announced that they will not have an offensive coordinator. It's going to be Matt Patricia and Joe Judge co-coordinating that offense. So that Dude. just that just further goes into the whole Ra- Ramondre Stevenson uh, uh, RB two in fantasy uh, MVP of Patriots uh, offense. Yeah, I mean, I think that team is awful, um, and I, I think what we're seeing here is not Belichick's true Belichick. I think this is that we had previously always seen the real Belichick. This is the opposite. And uh, this, this is, is old Belichick. Game. Belichick is not aging gracefully. Yes. This is the Mad Hatter trying to prove that it was him, not Tom. And he, he's trying too hard. Honestly, and, he should just accept that it was both mm-hmm. and retire. Yeah. And uh, I think this will be it. And unfortunately for Bill, I think he goes out with a sub-500 record and not even a good sub-500 where you're like, okay, well, that was close. Well, um, I'm going to just give you uh, – I'm, I'm just going to reaffirm something. I don't have it being top five draft pick, but I do have it being sub-500. Barely sub-500. Yep. The difference between eight, uh, eight and nine and nine and eight, but, you know – Eight and nine is still sub five hundred. I'm looking at this and seeing four and thirteen type team. Okay. Um, give me one, please. Tell me who Mac Jones is throwing the football to. Uh, Hunter Henry. Okay. Yeah. So let me go ahead and put one of my. Let me go ahead and put a good, uh, you know, pass defending linebacker on Hunter Henry. Well, and, uh, uh, you know, uh, flip. Fl- well, I mean, it's funny that you should mention good pass defending linebacker because the AFC East doesn't have a good pass defending linebacker. Mm. It has good linebackers, but they all give up the reception and make the tackle. So, uh, like, so I'm not Tremaine trying to throw CJ Mosley or Tremaine Edmonds under the bus, but that's what mm. they do. Like, <laughs> So, uh, you know, and then on the defensive side of the football, I'm going to cheat and go first. Oh, uh, I, I have a sleeper from the offensive side because I okay. think nobody's talking about him because he's old and he just came off a bad injury. But uh, I picture James White being more effective than most people believe that he's going to be this year. So for a second pass catcher for Mac Jones, give me James White being relevant in the passing game again. I'm not trying to say James White's going to be amazing. I'm not trying to say that you should, uh, like, I, I'd, I'd imagine his overs are really, his over-unders are really low right now. So I do like that. But I don't, I you know, I'm not telling you he's going to be anyone great. I'm just saying yeah. that I like James White this year. So. You know, as far as defensive side of the football. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Judon. Yeah, yeah. I in, can I give can I give Matthew Judon breakout as well, even though he was already a breakout uh, no, player. He, he he's too good to be a breakout. <laughs> like I really don't have a breakout player for this Patriots defense. Um, no, no Duger. You don't think Duger could take the next step? I, I see. Here's the thing about the defense that I don't like about the Patriots team, and I think I finally caught up with Belichick. For so long, we were saying Bill Belichick went grocery shopping. 
grabbed the cashier, threw him on a football field and won with him. You know, that, that was really what it was. Like, I can just literally find anybody. I think the analytics side of the game and that strategy has left him, has passed him by. Um, he likes to joke, Bill Belichick likes to joke on the radios on Mondays that, you know, he doesn't know what uh, what, what face chat is and, and Snapbook and all that. Like, he, he makes jokes about how old he is and how, outside of technology. Uh, I think this is where it's really going to catch up to him. So... There is an over-under that is um, unable to be placed on any legal means. It's, you're able to place it on some illegal sites, so don't do it. But uh, you can bet that Bill Belichick over-under breaks 14 surface pros this season. <laughs> uh, give me that over because I think this guy's just going to go insane this year. I, I think this is it. Um, and I can't for the life of me fathom why he's bringing back Patricia and Judge and also not using coordinators unless you just say he's so sick of having his coordinators taken to go coach elsewhere, that he's just not willing to give somebody the, the title anymore. <laughs> That's funny. Or he's waiting for Bill O'Brien to come up from Alabama next year. <laughs> oh no. Uh, but, uh, so uh, super wise, uh, there was a guy who was a New York jet for a little while who uh, is on the line and you know it's uh, honestly I I feel like I keep on waiting for Henry Anderson to be something and he mm-hmm. was on the Patriots last year and I know it makes so much more sense to say that like uh, Josh Uchi makes a step this year uh, so I'm going to go against what I wrote down and say I, I think Josh Uche could could is a nice little sleeper on the Patriots defense. I completely agree with you that Matthew Judon is uh is the defensive MVP. I, I'm concerned. I think that uh Kyle Duger does have a chance to break out into the next tier as far as safeties go. So I, I do still like th- those are names that I like that I'm looking for it, it improved seasons, whether it's uh, Duger, Uchi, even uh, Uche, and even Anderson to an extent. But this is Matthew Dudon's defense. I am very concerned by the fact that J.C. Jackson left and nobody came to replace him. Yep. I'm also very concerned when you pick a guy back up who went to a divisional rival and then came back in Kyle Van Noy. Mm-hmm. So, and that's why I think that there's going to be a room for another edge rusher to emerge. Um, and yeah, so I am, and admittedly, I am a little more down on the Patriots defense. Like, you know, this is a unit that finished fourth last year. They are borderline, in my opinion, they're borderline top 10. And to think that a, a Belichick team could have a, a a team that's only a defense that's only borderline top 10 is scary in my opinion because his defenses are almost always definitively top 10 mm-hmm. at worst does that make sense you you, you get what yep. i'm saying right so oh, yeah. uh, as far as the offense goes it's a bad offense it's not bottom 5 bad because I think that run game will still be effective. 
I don't know. I mean, make an argument. Do you think that it's uh, just a bad offense, or do you think it's a, a bottom five bad offense? Like, I don't know. I don't love the fact that I have them ranked as high as, what is this, 23? I have them ranked as high as 23, but um, I don't know. I, I could easily see them being lower. Okay. I mean, so, your thoughts, Patriot offense. I mean, you're not going to like it. Um, I'm going to tell you that now. I have the Patriot offense being bottom three. Um, and bottom three, possibly just flat out the worst in the NFL. Uh, they, they have nobody. Like, legitimately, so, so from is- perspective, you are saying that their offense is uh, is going to be worse than uh, just throwing out a few teams. Chicago, Washington, yes. Carolina, and the Giants. Uh, the only team I would definitively say that they're better than in that whole group is nobody. The Giants have Saquon that, and Daniel Jones coming back. You know, Kenny Galladay. They, the Giants are okay. They're, they're bad if they their offensive line can solve some issues. Carolina has Robbie Anderson, Christian McCaffrey, Baker Mayfield, who I think had a bad deal in uh, Cleveland. I don't know the other team you said. In that, oh, Washington. Washington stinks. So that, they, that's why, you know, the Patriots are going to be around in that Washington level. But Washington at least has good Chicago, Chicago also. Oh, Chicago, Justin Fields with Cole Komet. I, I'm and David Montgomery. I'm all in on Chicago. Uh, I think that they will get to that when we get to that show. Chicago is just that's the whole team of sleepers. Because we so, yeah. have to agree that Houston and Seattle have the two worst offenses in the league by a pretty mm-hmm. wide margin, right? Um, we, we'll, we'll agree on Seattle. We won't agree on Houston. Oh, okay. So there's your bottom three. You have uh, you have it being uh, Seattle, uh, Washington, and New England. Okay. Yep. Um. Those and for the record, those are all teams that I have ranked below New England. Mainly, and, and part of it comes down to the fact that, uh, uh, yeah, part of it just comes uh, you, down to the fact that New England actually had a nice middle of the run offense last year. They were offense fifteen. I don't know how they were offense fifteen, uh-huh. but um, you know, it, it is what it is. Uh, spent too much time on the Patriots. Uh, they are projected to win eight and a half. Um, uh, yeah, uh, give me the under. We're both. Yeah, taking, yeah, I'm taking the way under. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not. I, I wouldn't personally play it because uh, it's you know point five for me. But uh, you know, give me the under. Yeah, I'm taking the under. Um, prop bets. Uh, I'm going to keep it real easy. Mac Jones under thirty six thirty for passing yards. Mac Jones under twenty three and a half touchdowns. Yeah, uh, give me Ramondre Stevenson. I, I'll take his overs on uh, on on carries, rushing yards, and touchdowns. So uh, now to the uh, the New York Jets. New York Jets. I think that we're both going to do a double over on this one. I but think we are. We let's definitely. start there at five five and a half. This, this is not just saying. This is not just saying that. Uh, I'm doing the over like this is this is a level of over that I am comfortable playing like, <laughs> like uh, yeah oh yeah five and a half seems ridiculously low in my opinion because I, and I know it's it's a long way to go from the worst defense in the NFL to being respectable 
Uh, I'm not going to call this Jets defense top 10 by any stretch or anything like that, but I think this Jets defense uh, goes up to a level of respectability that could that could surprise later on. Um, and I, I'm going to just jump in, and I know we started offense with the other teams, and there's plenty to talk about this Jets offense, but since I led off with this, I led off with this. Uh, I don't think the you know when you have Carl Lawson comes back uh, coming back and you draft Jermaine Johnson and John uh, and John Franklin Meyer looks like he's starting to at the end of the season his metrics were getting much better. You now have successfully added three defensive ends into the mix into a line that already has Keenan Williams and what's one of the things that Robert Sal's known for? Strong defensive lines. Mm. Um. So really, when it comes down to it, I couldn't tell you which one of them is going to have the most sacks off that group. I, I'm, I'm guessing it's probably going to be Keenan Williams because when so much is flying in from the sides, you know, I, I, I am very much a, uh, a huge, uh, I guess a Keenan Williams truth or whatnot, whatever you want to call it. But uh, I, I still think that he's going to be one of the dominant defensive tackles in the league whenever he gets everything figured out. Um, but, you know, really when it comes down to it, you can't, a, a guy like CJ Mosley backing up a line, makes everyone on the defense better because he makes the tackles that allow other people to play a little more risky. And then you you look at that secondary, you add cornerback DJ Reed, you add sauce Gardner, you add Jordan Whitehead. That's a brand new secondary. And I'm not calling that secondary elite by any stretch, but you don't have to be elite to be a lot better than what the Jets had last year. And I'm not saying that this, I'm not even saying this Jets defense is in the top half of the league. What I am saying is this Jets defense has returned to a level of respectability that will allow the offense to win games for them. So give me a sleeper in John Franklin Meyer. Give me a defensive MVP in, uh, in CJ Mosley. And give me a breakout for Keenan Williams on the defense. So I'm going to go ahead and give you the uh, the breakout is also my sleeper. And, that, and even though he's a first-round pick and there's a lot of hype around him, Sauce Gardner is not getting the love in Vegas with the Vegas over-unders that he's supposed to. His ADP in uh, leagues where you actually draft all the defenses, it, it's awful. The, the guy's just not getting the love for some reason. Oh, wow. Um and I don't know why, but if you, if you well, look, okay. I mean, I just... for fantasy purposes, the reason why he doesn't get love is because he could be shut down. Yeah. So his, over, his over under for touch uh, for interceptions is 1.5. Yeah, that's that's an easy over. Easy over. Yeah. So at my, my MVP is obviously CJ Mosley. But uh, my prop bets are actually coming from the offensive side of the football here. I think, you know, so here, here's my big gutsy call. And if anybody's still listening or watching, you guys are going to freak out. Uh, John Miller's head might explode right now. Uh, this, is, this, I think, is actually more controversial a statement than the fact that I drafted Deshaun Watson today. And I, I was expecting a text message from you about that. Okay, no. Uh, first things first. I think that Deshaun Watson is absolute scum. So uh, I'm just, just putting it out oh, there. Yeah. Like that, I don't. Everyone who's listened to this podcast before knows my feelings on Deshaun. <laughs> but in a two quarterback league, and you're in the twentieth round, and every other quarterback that's left ha- is platooning with somebody else, and we're talking best ball super flex. So you don't have mm-hmm. the 
uh, with a max of four quarterbacks. So you don't have the luxury of rostering two quarterbacks from the same team. And your your only quarterback is Derek Carr. I completely understand why you <laughs> Watson there. Like uh, now, I, I would more question what what poor decisions led up to you getting your your second QB in a super flex best ball in the twentieth round. But you know, <laughs> so but uh, here's that controversial statement: the AFC the AFC East puts in three playoff teams. And the New York Jets, fin- the New York Jets finished second in the league. Oh wait, there's three wild cards now. Yes, and the New York Jets. My so my divisional breakdown, and this is where I'm pretty sure John's just gonna lose it. I'm going Miami, New York, Buffalo, New England. Yeah, Zach Wilson, MVP. Zach Wilson, not MVP year. MVP of this mm-hmm. offense. Thank you for to all of our listeners who have supported us throughout the course of the year. Uh, we are very sad to say we are being canceled after that previous statement. I wish we could stay around longer, but honestly, the feedback from YouTube and Twitter is just too much for me to bear. All right. Have a great day. So you, you can direct your hate towards me, not John. He didn't say it. I did. Um, but I, I will say that I, I like this Jets team. I like Zach Wilson. Um I, I think that, and here's the biggest thing, it's the intangibles, right? Nobody is talking about it anymore because the joke is over. But the fact that his teammates are now one, are now talking about looking at Zach and saying, he's our guy. He's our guy. I like it. I like all things, um, you know, take it to what you want. I, I'm high on Zach Wilson. Give me the over 22 and a half touchdowns. Give me the over 3,800 yards. And to put that in perspective, Zach Wilson's over for yardage is 400 more than Mac Jones. Oh, uh, shit. So I just need to make a point really quick. When when the uh, when the stats and everything don't line up on paper, you you got to throw out the word intangibles to, to, to <laughs> certain things. So uh, um, you, you know, I, I like the Jets' offense. I I think I, I'm still not 100 percent sold on Zach Wilson yet. I'm sold on the on the fact that the team and the coaching staff believes in him. I'm also sold that I think this o- offense is pretty quarterback proof if he is only mediocre and I think he is at least mediocre. Like, I don't think this is a, I, I don't think this is a, uh, a, uh, a, a Geno Smith sort of deal. I think this is more of a uh, Mark Sanchez sort of deal. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. in, in a worst case scenario. And I'm not talking about if I'm talking about if Mark Sanchez had a good coach, not Rex Ryan. So this is where I go back to the thing I told you like last year on a draft. I said it on this podcast a year ago, and I stick to it. Last year's quarterback draft has one starting quarterback five years from now, and I'm coming out of it. Lawrence won't be that guy. Jones isn't the guy. Jones isn't the guy. It's the only team that found their guy is going to be New York Jets, and it's going to be Zach Wilson. Yeah, I mean, and I, I still hold by, I believe that uh, four teams found their guy in that draft. And I, I do, I do think that Zach Wilson is that guy because I think that Zach Wilson can at least be okay. I said Mark Sanchez, but let's let's be let's retract that. I think Mark's, uh, I think um, Zach Wilson can at least be as good as Andy Dalton. And what Andy Dalton had a six to seven year stint as a starter for the uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals. 
So I'm not uh, – and I think with this offense, with the, with the way that the weapons are loaded and everything, uh, you know, you, you got one of the best blocking tight ends in the draft in Rucker. Uh, you, you brought in Yuzmoa. You have the the double backs in the backfield now with uh, Brees and with uh, with Carter and uh, some elite weapons as, as a whole. Um, is it fair to call Elijah Moore a breakout at this point? Uh, no, not really. Yeah, we, 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 we so we can't call it, so we can't take him as a breakout. Uh, no, you can, I guess, if you're calling for him to break out uh, a lot other than he did. If, if you're saying that he's going to be wide receiver one in fantasy, I'll call all out. Uh, I, I'm saying, uh, I, I'm saying 100 targets. That would make him wide receiver one. Yeah, I think that, uh, I think Elijah, uh, from a from a perspective, uh, from a perspective of um, from fantasy, I I I could, I I believe I Elijah Moore top fifteen, uh, top fifteen, um, wide receiver this year. So does does that count? If I yeah, tell you, I'm taking, if I'm taking all the overs on Elijah Moore, so that's that's how I'm calling him a breakout. As far as a sleeper, honestly, I don't think that there is enough uh being said about cj Uzmoa at this point in time and i don't uh-huh. know why like he was pretty important to that Bengals run as a whole like right like wh- what am i missing like if you had value on another team why wouldn't you have value on a team that needs a big target in the end zone like do the jets have another yeah. big target like the only thing i think that it is is because people are so low on wilson that anybody attached to Wilson goes down. Okay, well, uh, either way, it's uh, and uh, I'm also going to say Michael Carter is not finished. I don't know where that fits into the conversation. Uh, I don't think that he is a first or second down back anymore. But if I I, I am a full believer in Michael Carter being that uh, at worst Daryl Henderson role, at best uh, mm-hmm. Brian Neheim Hines role. Yeah, so that's, that's not, my bad. So that's not a terrible role. What was that? That's not a terrible place to be. Yeah. <clears throat> so that that's where I'm looking at for that offense. So what my point is, you don't have to believe in Zach Wilson to believe this offense is going to be significantly better. And uh, mm-hmm. I still, I I have I I have the Jets offense and defense still in the lower half of the league, but both as very competitive units. And, you know, honestly, the, the, the teams that I'm ranking the Jets around from, from an offensive perspective before, you know, before I get jumped on for, for, for a lower half, uh, I have them right in a range with teams like Indy, Tennessee, and Minnesota. Uh, you, you should just... If you take the time to look for, like who who the top offensive teams are in the league, that th- this is a very offensive league, and I'm you know, and this is coming from a, a part where I'm not 100% sold on Wilson yet, so it's still not bad to be in a category of Minnesota, Indian, Tennessee, right? Right. So it's not like I'm insulting them by saying I have them ranked as 18. It's just that you know it's. Well, am I really supposed to put the 
the Chargers, the Bengals, the Raiders, the Eagles, the Dolphins. Am I really supposed to put those teams under that category? Right? Like, mm. you know, uh, Tampa, Buffalo, Rams, Dallas, maybe Sam Fran's controversial, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, I'm hitting well over on that five and a half for the Jets. Uh, I honestly, I feel like that number is too low considering that teams like uh, the Jaguars and the Lions got seven. Uh, yeah. uh, I think they got seven, um, but it might have been six and a half. So I think that the, the, and don't get me wrong, I'm not down on the Jaguars or, or the, uh, or the Lions. I actually think that those are two other teams that I'm going to uh, the, that I think can make drastic improvements from a year ago also. But uh, one of them I actually have in the playoffs. And it's not oh. the AFC team. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so yeah, when it comes down to it, uh, you know, as far as uh, as far as over-unders go, um, you know, uh, you said that one and a half for Sauce. Yeah, I'm definitely hitting that over. And uh, I'm hitting target and receiving yard over for Elijah Moore. So, and just, um, just so uh, anybody knows, if they are going to go try to hit DraftKings for the uh, for the one and a half on Sauce, they do not use his name of Sauce. They use his actual first name. Ahmed. Okay. Uh, well, I, wasn't also, gonna give, I wasn't going to give it to the listeners to see how many of them can figure out what his real first name was. I think it's hilarious that all fantasy sites have him in a Sauce, it seems. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh there's that. Oh, also give me an over on Keenan Williams. Uh and you know, that's our AFC East draft show. Uh we're we're both uh we're both telling you to take the Jets over, so this is the first time all day we agreed on an over. Uh though I think we both told you Patriots under, so uh, yeah, and yeah. we split on the Dolphins and the Bills. Um so yeah. Uh we, we definitely view this division very differently. Time will tell. Uh what happens and whatnot, but uh, you know, at the same time, most of the player props that you gave, uh, I, I, I am all for most of the player props that you gave. So, let's give that a uh, little Jamil stamp of approval to Josh's props. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, that's uh, that's where we are. And um, yeah, let us know. Uh, start interacting us with us on social media. Uh, thank you for being a part of this. Thank you for listening. Uh, any final closing remarks, Josh? No, um, next show, gonna, you're going to notice Jamie and I uh, wearing the same clothing. Uh, so, but it's uh, it's going to be cool. I think it's going to be fun. I look forward to talking about the NFTs. And uh, my only closing remarks would be you did not hit on your underbet. I clearly smashed the over on the uh, time of this podcast. Oh, yeah. No, uh, <laughs> what? We are, we went an hour and 12. Is that what happened? Yeah. We lost uh, the seven minutes yeah, but... to an hour and 19. <laughs> But uh, go ahead and give me the under on the next podcast with an hour. All right. All right, cool. Oh, everyone for tuning in. Thank you for bearing us with us during the wait uh, and the rebrand. This is now the X's and O's podcast. So uh, uh, X's and O's NFL podcast. um, And uh, definitely going to try to get some. What? Jamal, I think it's a good time real quick before we end. Uh, What's the reason that it switched over its name? Oh, the the reason for it is because you know honestly the JMO for Real podcast it's definitely it, it you can't tell that it's an NFL podcast by listening to it. Oh, by the way, credit to Josh for coming up with that new name. Uh, so definitely want to give uh, credit where credit is due there. And uh, 
just was looking for something a little more creative as a whole that could express that we were an NFL podcast. And, you know, the, the truth is uh, uh, making the JML for a brand uh, brand be, be like a, a parent brand to it uh, sort of deal. But it also doesn't include your name in it, Josh. And I'm kind of like, yeah. well, you know, I'm not going to have a podcast named after me when I have a co-host. So well, and I don't I bring it up because uh, the James Coast anymore. I view you as my co-host. I appreciate it, but I wanted to bring it up because I wanted the people to know that uh, this is not going to be the only podcast under this umbrella. Shortly, there are going to be more podcasts coming from this umbrella, and uh, you need to keep your eyes out for it. Well, don't worry, we'll be advertising for them when they happen. But uh, keep your eyes out. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, and uh, yeah, no. Uh... Uh, and now we are out, like uh, Zach Wilson from his mom's best friend's bedroom. <laughs>